So, it's February, south of Mount Hood, five miles in the backcountry. We just set up camp on about eight feet of snow. The lake is completely frozen. The sky was clear, the sun was out. It was freaking awesome. We're gonna go to the saddle, not far away from camp, to try and see if we could watch the sunset. So we get up to the saddle, and of course it's Oregon, so there's all of these trees and we can't see a thing. <laughs> but we're on the saddle, and there's a hill to our right, and we're gonna go up, we decide to go up the ridge, see if we can find another place to, to watch the sunset. So we go up the ridge. We don't really find any place to see the sunset. We get some colors, but nothing all that spectacular. Sun goes down, we turn our headlamps on, and it's time to go back to camp. But instead of going back down to the saddle, and then back straight to camp, we decide we're gonna bushwhack. We're gonna make, we're gonna complete a triangle. I mean, it can't be that hard. Camp's just down over there somewhere, right? <laughs> so we go, and we start walking and talking, and we're talking and we're walking, and we keep walking and we keep walking. <laughs> and something kind of triggers my brain that it feels like we've lost too much elevation. And the slope that should veer to the right down to the lake now still goes forward. So I stop. I turn to my friend and I go, dude. <laughs> Do you think we are where we think we are? <laughs> And his face completely changed, and he said, What? You don't think we are what we think we are? I said, I don't know where we are. Where do you think we are? He said, Dude, where I think we are? And he looked around a little bit, and he said, Dude, man, I, th I think we're lost. And I said, Dude, lost? He said, Lost. I said, Dude. Now, it may seem a little redundant. But when you realize that you are not where you think you are, it's disorienting. <laughs> I told you it was redundant. But the whole time you're, you're going and you think that you are going in the right direction. You think you're on the right path. And that your objective is just going to be right over there, in this case the tent. So when you realize that you aren't where you think you are. It is completely disorienting. And everything that was certain two minutes ago is completely uncertain now. Don't know if that is actually north, or if we should go this way or that way. It was really frustrating for me because I feel like I'm pretty confident in, in route finding in the backcountry, but it is also frustrating for another reason. This feeling of uncertainty and this feeling of discouragement had been in my life for the past couple of months. And I usually try and go to the backcountry to get away from that. Back in high school and college, I was not comfortable with who I am. I always felt like I was an outsider, a half step outside of everybody else. In fact, I felt, even though I'm 6'5", I felt small and kind of bound up. After college, I went to this town in Germany, and I worked for the U.S. Department of Defense. It was a resort town, so there was all of these other people who were around my age, but had been traveling a lot, had a lot of books, had a lot, you know, a lot of different thoughts than what I had. 
So I was able to read and think and talk to people, and I drank a lot of really good beer. <laughs> and I was able to climb mountains and see new things, not just, not just physically, but like metaphorically within myself. I was seeing new horizons, and I was drinking a lot of really good beer. <laughs> and I was traveling, not only in Europe, but around the world. And I was exploring, again, you know, not just the physical world, but I was exploring myself and drinking shit tons more beer. <laughs> it was about this time, because when I felt small and constricted in high school, now I felt as though I was coming into my own. I was able to stand a little taller. I felt like I was opening up as a person. And I felt like I was finally comfortable in my own skin. It was about this time that I met this woman who fell madly in love with me. And I fell in love with her. And it felt natural. It felt like it was the culmination of everything I'd just been through. This whole opening up and, and becoming me. And I fell in love. A few years later, she felt as though it would be best for her to move on. It devastated me because if this relationship was the culmination of everything that had come before it, then when she left, it was the invalidation of everything that I had done. Now, I've had a few friends since then say, Scott, you know, that's a lot to put on one person in one relationship. To have that one person, that one relationship invalidate everything that you had done before then, I mean, that's a little unrealistic. And I know that now. <laughs> but then I was a little too close. I was a little too wrapped up in it. And the only conclusion that I could draw from that is that if she left, then I had worked on all the wrong things. So if all of those things were the wrong things, what were the right things? Well, I guess it wasn't being an international vagabond moving from city to city every year and a half. Apparently that wasn't doing it. It was stability. It was being solid. So when I moved to Portland, that's what I did. I, I worked for a job. I tried to get a job that was stable, and I got that. And I saved all my, my money, and I got a house and a mortgage, more stability. And I got a dog. I mean, how much more stable can you get? <laughs> uh, but as I was going along this, this path, as I was going towards this goal that I was trying to achieve, I had to admit that I was feeling a little bit of uncertainty and a little bit of disorientedness. So when I'm on this hill with my friend and I get this disorientedness, and this uncertainty on my hike, which is supposed to take me away from that. And then I get this double feeling of my life on top of that. I hadn't realized that at that specific point in time, I was lost twice at the same time. <laughs> this existential life lost. And this very real, in the woods, 
in the cold and snow, where the hell is my tent, boss? <laughs> and there is really only one word that I had to sum it up. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Son of a bitch, are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, aren't there rules against this? That you can only be lost once at any given time, not twice? Son of a bitch! About this time, I hear my friend go, Dude, you can say, son of a bitch, all you want, but it's not going to get us to our tent. <laughs> so I had to come back, and, and he was right. We had to figure out our way to the tent. And right at this time, for whatever reason, two things that my dad said, probably throw away things to him, but I remembered them way back, came to me. The first was to not make a decision. Just to make a decision. And the second was, life is simply a series of problems, but it's how you choose to deal with those problems that will determine how you live your life. Well, my friend and I had a problem and we had some decisions to make. We thought about backtracking, but it seemed like that would take too long. And we knew we were going to go forward the way we were going because we already knew that wasn't going to take us back to the tent. We could just sit down and wait till morning, which is what most survival guides would tell you to do, but it was cold and we had hot dinner and hot tea and sleeping bags back at our tent, so yeah, fuck that. <laughs> so the only thing that was left to do was orient as well as we could, take a best guess and go. And that's what we did. And eventually we made it back to camp. And we were grateful to see that really, really thin nylon tent. <laughs> By the time we got into our sleeping bags that night, we started to try and figure out what had gone on on that ridge, what had happened. And what we, the lessons learned, and we realized is that we were never going to leave camp without a map and a compass. And, you know, perhaps a day's worth of food. And maybe the stove and maybe our sleeping bags, maybe the tent. Maybe if we left camp, we would just take fucking camp with us. Never lost. Never lost if it's on the back. But the last thing that my friend said to me before he went to sleep was, dude. You have to promise me that you will never tell anybody, another living soul, that we got lost back here. And I kept that promise. So now that you all are in on the secret, you're bound. But I think you can realize why we decided. You know, why we were so quick to agree to, to secrecy on this, because being lost is, is not really, you don't want to tell people that you've gotten lost. There's, there's a kind of a humiliation to that. You know, what, you don't know where you're going? You forgot your map and compass? What are you, idiots? You know, there's a little bit of ridicule that happens with that. You know, in fact, there's a little bit of ridicule that happens in being life lost, too. People don't like to hear that. They don't want to know that that's happening. They're like, you know, being lost is really only for young kids, teenagers, early 20s. But, you know, at some point in time, you really need to know where you are and you really need to go know where you're going. 
and I have to admit that at that point in time, I, I was really, I really didn't want to hear from myself again, Scott, Jesus, you still not figured this out? I mean, how old are you anyways? It was about then I started to fantasize about being able to go into REI, going up to somebody and asking, Excuse me, but do you happen to have the USGS topographical map of the Scott Bump Wilderness? <laughs> I would really like to take a look at that thing right now. <laughs> and do you happen to have that compass, not the one that points north, but says, Scott, go that way. <laughs> but uh, they don't have that there, do they? I mean, I would. I asked. I tried. <laughs> but they don't have that. But what it comes down to is that I actually do have that to some extent. I have an internal mental map of myself. And I have somewhat of an emotional map of who I am. And I know all the little traps I set for myself, and how I fall into them, and how I go, oh no, I'm trapped again, how did I get Um, but they, they, they don't have that. I do. And I know it's not necessarily going to be easy. You know, I can't just go back to that 29-year-old self back in Garmisch that felt the way he did because I'm a different person now. He is a completely different person than who I am. But I don't really have a choice, do I? Because... To not make a decision is to make a decision. And life is just a series of problems. But it's how you choose to deal with those problems that determines how you live your life. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. But whatever does happen, I do have the confidence that I will be okay. I mean, after all, I had been lost twice at the same time. <laughs> Who's to say I can't find myself twice too? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.